In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. St. Thomas Aquinas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we are on a time constraint tonight because we all got to be back in time for Stations of the Cross. And so we are going to go right through. We're on part three of Introduction to Moral Theology. And we tonight are talking about the cardinal, or also called the human virtues. And there are four of them. Remember when we talked about the virtues, we talked about faith, hope, charity, prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. We talked about faith, hope, and charity, the theological virtues last time. And now we're talking about prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And then as well, there are some associated virtues with most of these that we're going to dive into. Um, now let's just jump right in with prudence. Prudence is right reason in action. Uh, prudent, now the, the four human or cardinal virtues govern different parts of the human person. And so prudence governs the intellect, in particular the practical intellect. Justice governs the will. Fortitude governs the irascible appetites, which if you remember from our first class, that's with regard to difficult goods. And temperance governs the concupiscible appetites. Which is with regard to easy to attain goods. So the four cardinal virtues govern uh, all these different parts of the person. So prudence is right reason and action. The catechism uh, defines prudence as the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. So prudence um, is about knowing what the right thing to do is in the particular circumstance. And so the virtue of prudence, um, by governing the practical intellect, allows for correct moral decision-making. You need to know what the word is? Yeah, what did you write next to fortitude? Irascible appetites. Okay. Irascible. A-I-R-A-S-C-I-B-L-E. Appetites. App. Like appetizer. And, and the next one is concupiscible. Okay, thank you. Um, prudence um, is about knowing the right thing to do in the particular here and now situation. Now, prudence is often used as an excuse for inaction, but that's not the case. Um, prudence is about given the particulars in the particular situation, given our knowledge of the moral law, given uh, our recollection of uh, the different ways that we've acted and different outcomes. Like I know if I, if my mother asks me if I like her cooking, if I, hello Brittany, come on in. Um, that's recorded everyone, Brittany Larice just walked in. Um, if my mother, I, knowing like my, my past, right? So prudence takes all these different aspects and then applies them to what do I know about the particular situation and then what is the best action to achieve my final end, happiness with Almighty God, and to achieve the particular ends that I'm seeking in this moment. 
And so with regard to prudence, it, it again, prudence also is, um, has part of it like getting people's advice. Like I don't know what to do about this situation or that situation. So we talk to people, we see what happened last time I was in a similar situation. And then this particular situation, what is, how is this different from past situations? How does it apply to the moral law? So prudence is a virtue of the practical intellect, which is about decision-making and reasoning through actions. And so the virtue, it allows us, remember virtues allow us to act promptly, easily, and joyfully. And so prudence allows us to make um, prompt, easy, and joyful actions that are in accord with right reason. Uh, and, you know, don't think of prudence as, oh, it's always more prudent to be like, oh, I'm not going to do anything right now. I don't really know. Like, no, if someone is coming at me with, with a knife, my prudence may say, like, you got to punch that in the face, right? Like, that, that's the only way to save your life right now. Like, right? It's, it's a prudent, it's a thought-out action, but it can be, it's not about, like, hold on, you're coming at me with a knife. Like, let me... Let me think about this. Uh, what, do I, what should I do? Uh, right? Like, no, prudence can go pretty quick, and it's not always about inaction. Oh, be prudent. Don't do anything. No. Sometimes the prudent thing to do is to act, and to act right now. Again, if the room caught on fire, we shouldn't be like, hey, everyone, just be prudent. Like, don't do anything right now. Like, no. <laughs> the room's on fire. Go get a fire. But also prudence is like, is it a small enough fire that we can get a fire extinguisher? or throw Julia's cold coffee on it? Or is it so big that we need to evacuate, right? The reason why it's not just, I remember learning is about active shooter drills, that we shouldn't just have like, do this all the time, like just lock down and shelter in place. Well, that's actually not um, always the best thing to do. If you can get out of harm's way, you should get out of harm's way, right? This is why we teach people in a fire, evacuate the building, but what do we also do? We have fire extinguishers. So that if, it, the, if the prudent thing is not run away, but like shoot the fire with a fire extinguisher, we know to do that. So prudence, it allows us to act um, and to act in a way that is in keeping with right reason and always having the end in mind. Always having that we, we know what we're about, we know where we're trying to get, and we are able to make decisions in the here and now, in the particular unique situation. Because again, you can't always be like, well, in this situation, let me go read a book and figure out like what the book tells. Like this is a here and now, there we all every day have here and now situations. And so prudence allows us to act and to act with freedom um, and confidence. And so prudence um, is that virtue. Now, opposed to prudence, um, are the vices of imprudence or negligence. So imprudence is to, um, to not act with regard to the end properly in mind and not to choose the right means to the end. It's, it's imprudent. It's like if prudence is about selecting the right means to the end, keeping the end in mind and what's the right way, the thing to do right now, imprudence is like, yeah, you picked the wrong tool for this. Like you picked the wrong, it's, it's you didn't um, adequately consider like when I say, again, it's, it's not necessarily you, you chose something sinful necessarily. Rather, it just, it wasn't a smart, like to tell someone the truth when they ask you if it's gonna hurt them, like it, it could be imprudent to be like, 
hey, again, if my mother is like, do you like what I made for dinner tonight? And, like, I really didn't. Like, I don't want to say, like, no, it was bad. You say, like, I really appreciate all the effort you put into that, Mom. Like, thank you so much, right? Uh, there's way, it's, it'd be imprudent to just say, no, nope, didn't like it at all. It was pretty terrible, right? Now, usually I love what my mother cooks, but that's, like, it's, it's maybe true, but it's imprudent. And then negligence is to not adequately um, size up um, the particular situation, to, to not take into account all of the different factors in play in the particular situation. Because prudence wants to take into account the large variety of, like, if I do this right now, how will this affect all these other things toward my final end? And so to be negligent is to be not actually considering your final end appropriately, so it's not that you're choosing the bad means, it's just you're not caring about the effect that this is going to have long term. Now, um, the important thing with prudence and the act proper to prudence is command. And I know we talked about this with regard to um, the moral act. Two weeks, uh, no, it was four weeks ago, but command. Prudence is about command. What it means is the prudent person does something, right? It's not prudence to like, Conscience is what tells you, like, yeah, this is good, or no, don't do that. Prudence is like, okay, so do it, or don't do it, right? Even though your conscience can say you can do this without sinning, it may be imprudent to still do it, right? I could, tomorrow, I could sleep in without sinning, no problem. My conscience is like, look, you don't have anything to do until 2 o'clock. You could sleep in, but maybe it's imprudent. So conscience could be like, yep, no sin if you sleep in a bit. But prudence may like be like, okay, hey, get your butt out of bed and get to work. There's, there is stuff that you can be doing, so don't waste the day. Okay, uh, so command is the action proper to prudence. And the gift of the Holy Spirit that uh, perfects prudence is the gift of counsel. So the gift of counsel is that, remember, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are docile to the Spirit's motion in us, and that... Uh, the gifts of the Spirit moves in us in these different ways. And so in perfecting prudence, the Holy Spirit counsels us. So to, a part of prudence is to get advice from people, right? I did it actually a few different times already today where I'll call someone and be like, hey, I need your advice on this. Um, the gift of counsel is like, have I, oh, that says counsel. Counsel. <laughs> the gift of counsel is, have I asked God's advice? Right? Like, have I asked God's advice? You know? And am I open as the Holy Spirit moves in me? This is God advising us in what we should do. So sometimes, you know, the saints do things that's like, well, why would they have ever thought to do that? Because God is moving them. God, they're open to God's advice and counsel. And the Holy Spirit is showing them that with regard to the real final end, this is the right action. This is the thing to do. Prudence, uh, the gift of counsel, perfecting prudence. Great. Moving right along, we have now justice. Justice is to render each person their due, including God. Render each their due. Okay. So in justice, we, we render to each person what is due to them, um, and that includes God.
And so, like, I just um, sent in my tax return just this week, right? I actually don't owe the U.S. government any money this year for the first time ever. Uh, they actually owe me a little bit of money, not a lot. I wish they'd owe me more, but they don't, right? But taxes are like strict justice. How much money did I make? How much of it is taxable income? How much money do I have to pay the government? And at the end of the day, there's a particular number, and you write the check for that amount, right? Justice is to give to each person what is due to them. And justice is, um, I want to say, and we're going to explain this a little bit, purely objective. Right. Let's say through underpayment, I owed the U.S. government $500 this year, right? I owe them $500. I don't owe them $505, right? In justice, I have to pay the government $500. Like, that's it. And the debt of justice, it happens when I write a check for $500 to the U.S. government. It's a, it is a purely objective amount of money in this case. When we owe someone something, it's an objective thing. Like, I owe this to you, you owe this to me. There's an objective uh, amount, really. Justice governs the will because it's in our will that we then give to each person that what is their due. We, we do it, we, we give. Um, and so justice governs the will um, and it has a purely objective uh, amount. So if I pay the government $495, they're like, you owe us five more dollars, right? I wasn't just. If the, I pay the government $505, I may have been just in giving them the 500, but I had no need to give them, that was a charity at that point, which goes beyond what's due to giving more out of love. Um, I say purely objective because while there is objective right and wrong in the other virtues, it, these can be a little bit more subjective with regard to the person. Meaning, like, two people can drink the same amount of beer, and for one, it's okay because of their tolerance and body weight and all that, and for the other, it's a sin against temperance. Even though it's the same exact amount of alcohol, let's say, one, it's a sin against temperance because they can't handle that much. The other, it's not. So, like, with temperance, there's certain things that are sins for certain people and not for other people. It depends on the subject uh, and their ability um, to take in that good. Whereas with justice, that's not the case at all. Like, justice is you owe a certain amount, you owe a certain thing, and you need to pay that, right? Great. So it's objective in that sense. Now, under the virtue of justice, we also have, so render to each their due, including God, and this including God is the virtue of religion. Now, what is, I know I've said this and I've preached about it all kinds of times. Like, what is God's due? Everything, right? God, you will never adequately pay back God, right? It's not like when I pay my taxes and I've paid back the government. You will never adequately pay back God. And so religion is the virtue by which we render worship and adoration to Almighty God. We give God our entire heart and soul, but never that it's going to be paid off. We can never pay back that debt that we owe to God, which is why acts of religion are, it's not like you can say, okay, I've gone to Sunday Mass for three years straight, like, we're good, God, right? Like, we're, 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 we're even? Like, no, we're not. It's every, God says you need to worship me in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, 
every week, like virtual religion, but also to honor the Lord God, right? This is the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like it's, your, it's the whole thing because it all comes from God. So the virtue of religion is uh, the justice that we owe to God. Now also, um, there's the virtue of piety, which is what we owe to our parents. This is the fourth commandment because we can never adequately pay back parents for the gift of life that we have. Even if, like, we don't get along with them or whatever, even if they don't help us anymore, point is, we have life because of them, whether they like it or not and whether we like it or not. So the virtue of piety, the honor for one's parents, comes from the fact that it's the virtue of justice, that we owe them for the fact that we exist because of them, and therefore uh, that's something that will never adequately be paid back. Um, so... Acts of justice are um, to render, it's the rendering to each what is their due. With regard to God, that's everything. With regard to parents, that's um, honor. Now, injustice is a vice contrary to, and then irreligion, we would say, is contrary to religion, and impiety. These are just a few examples. There's a lot of uh, corollary virtues and vices with regard to justice, if you read the Summa. St. Thomas. But injustice is like, I owe a certain something, and it's unjust. I owe the parish stations of the cross at 7 o'clock today, right? Like, that's something as a pastor. I said, we're going to have stations of the cross. It's my duty as pastor. It's a devotion we're having. People are going to show up at 7 o'clock. You know, to not be on time, that's why I'm going to check the time, um, to not be on time is unjust. It's, a, it's not just to people. Right? So if we like regularly keep people waiting for stuff, that's a lack of justice to them, particularly if we are supposed to be there. And so that's why we have, we're going to start stations at 7, we're going to finish here on time. Um, you know, timeliness, that, that's justice, right? Um, the truth, we owe people the truth. And so truthfulness, again, falls under justice. Um, relig religion, to just not worship God, is a, it's, um, not only is it a violation of the first, second, and third commandments, but rather, it's also a lack of like recognizing that God has total right to everything in my life and existence, and that ought to be rendered to him. And then impiety is the lack of um, respect for one's parents. Um, and so again, that's a vice where I just don't want to give to my parents what is due to them. Um, and that's a vice in our souls, and it needs to be rooted out. Now, the virtue, uh, the, the gift which uh, perfects justice, is the gift of piety. Now, in the gift of piety, we love God, not just in a religion-type way of worship for our Creator, but we love God as Father. And so the virtue of the gift of piety, through the movement of the Holy Spirit, allows us to pray in the words of Christ. Abba, Pater, you know, God, Father, Abba. Abba, we call it, you know, God our Father. So the gift of piety allows us to love God and to give him what's his due, not just out of, you know, um, creaturely um, religion, which is good and we should have, but more as sons and daughters, that we, we see God and we know God is our Father, and we love God as Father, Abba, Abba, Pater, you know, to, to use the words of our Lord there, to call God Abba, Father, Dad, right? That's... Uh, 
So that's the virtue of piety, and that needs to come through the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, justice. Boom. We are moving right along, because in justice, i got to be at stations on time. But also, like, injustice, this is something I would recommend. Like, injustice should really make us unhappy, right? This is like when we, if you're just, if you see an injustice, like, that should, the virtue of justice allows us to um, really not like the contrary, right? Because it changes us. And so if I see an injustice, like, I see someone cheating on their taxes or cheating someone out of what's due to them, like, the virtue of justice should, I should be like, I'm not okay with that. Like, that's not, that's not fair, right? Didn't I say that in the meditation tonight? That's not fair, right? We should be like, that, that's not okay. This is unjust. And we may not be able to change it, but it should, we should have a holy aversion and hatred toward forms of injustice. It should really bug us. Okay, fortitude, moving right along. Fortitude governs the irascible appetites. So that's with regard to difficult to attain goods. Let's go to um, the catechism here. Fortitude is the moral virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. Right? Firmness in difficulties and constancy. Okay, so with regard to difficult goods, right? Now, what's the most difficult good to attain? Heaven, right? So fortitude, is like, it takes a tremendous amount of fortitude, of strength to um, be firm and constant in that, to not give up, right? So fortitude is also, we could call it bravery, is, is one of the ways, you know, it's fortitude allows, poof, I'm not going to allow difficulties or fear of, of pain or dishonor or ridicule, or any of these things, I'm not going to allow that to shape my, um, to turn me away from the good. Rather, firmness and constancy. So, um, fortitude allows us to, it's like related uh, gifts, uh, you know, we talk about like patience. Also like bravery, right? Bravery and fortitude and bravery are very much the same thing. Right? So sometimes a, um, an evil needs to be resisted. And sometimes it needs to be endured. Right? So sometimes we have to try to change something that's evil. And so if there's a situation, it's like, this is not okay. Right? I have a professor that is really um, not acting justly. And I need to go talk to them and say, like, Hey, this, I don't feel like you're adequately um, grading these exams. I don't feel whatever it could be, right? I, I don't feel like I feel like you're singling me out and um, ridiculing me during class and belittling me. And you need to confront someone about that. That is, first of all, uh, you need to resist that evil, right? It's just I need to actually take a positive action to stop the evil, and that takes a tremendous amount of courage. Sometimes, though, evils just have to be endured. It means that fortitude is like, this isn't going to change. I just have to deal with this. Um, so that could be like, there's a class I don't like, but I needed to graduate, right? Fortitude is like, whew, I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to drop out. I'm not going to stop paying attention. I'm not going to complain. 
Rather, I'm going to endure this um, suffering, this difficulty, right? So the virtue of fortitude uh, allows us to have, um, to resist or oppose certain evils and to endure other ones. And those uh, both fall under the virtue of fortitude. Now, fortitude um, also has a related virtue that I really like, if we have time, called magnanimity. Magnanimity. That's like greatness, like striving for greatness, right? That we don't want just, because um, we're, we're difficult goods to attain require like big vision, right? And so I love the virtue of magnanimity, right? It's like now with Aristotle's regard to like um, wealth, that's also munificence, to give out like large amounts of wealth. If you're, if you're really rich, you should do like big things for the city state, right? But like with us, it's like, look, have a big plan, right? We want to be saints and we want to win the whole world for our Lord. But let me tell you, Barrett is like magnanimous, right? If you ever talk to Barrett and by the subject of some of her vision casting, like she is magnanimous. She wants big things and she gets it, right? Okay, some uh, contrary, verse, um, ver contrary vices to um, fortitude. Now, there can be, um, let's talk about, we're going to come back to magnanimity, but with regard to the virtue of fortitude itself, there can be um, fearfulness, right? To be super, like, I'm so afraid of everything. And through that fear, not acting. Because I'm just afraid, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to approach that professor that's signaling me out. I want, I'm just, I'm too afraid. Just not going to deal with it. What a, like... You know, it's not that sometimes you need to approach an evil. And so fearfulness, to be afraid and out of fear, to not act, to not do what's right, to not seek justice, fearfulness. However, um, we're going to call it foolhardiness. Is like wanting to fight every battle. I'm going to fight everyone and no one's going to stop me and I'm just going to change it all, right? And, like, foolhardiness. If you're, you get this um, with regard to, like, military things, the person who runs away is wrong. The person who just charges, regardless of what everyone else is doing, is also stupid, right? You've got to stick together. You've got to work prudently with intelligence, with fortitude, and to just be fearless. Like, no, I shouldn't try to go pet a lion, right? Oh, but I'm not afraid of a lion. Like, a lion's going to bite your face off, right? Don't go petting the lion. It's just not... Foolhardiness is to enter into dangerous situations, be like, I'm not afraid. No, a healthy recognition of danger is, is what you need to, to preserve your own life. Under the virtue of magnanimity, it's called pusillanimity. Pusillanimity. Smallness of soul. I hate pusillanimity. Right? And it's everywhere. It's particularly in the Catholic Church in New England. It's everywhere. It's just like, you know what? We just can't do anything anymore. Like, there's no, just no more, like, this is just, let's just have our little church, and let's not, like, work to make anything better, and we'll just, like, have our masses until everyone that comes to them dies, and then we'll just lock the doors, right? Pusillanimity! That's terrible! Right? Uh, but it's so bad to not want to do anything, um, but rather 
Um, it, it's 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 a vice, and it's 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 a lack of daring, of bravery, of fortitude. Like we need to have big plans, not like hey, let's just not do too much, right? Like no, that's so don't be so small souled. Uh, pusillanimity. Now the the gift which perfects fortitude is the easy one to remember because it's called fortitude, right? <laughs> so it's the gift of fortitude, and the gift of fortitude is with regard to particularly martyrdom. That when it comes to enduring martyrdom, suffering martyrdom, out of love for God, that only happens by God's grace. Without God's grace, you can't be a martyr. It takes the grace of God. And so um, fortitude require the gift of fortitude is the Holy Spirit moving us to accept and to lay down our life for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that takes God's particular grace working through the Holy Spirit. Someone tell me what time it is. All right, we got 15 minutes to talk about temperance. 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 What fortitude is for difficult to attain goods, temperance is for easy to attain goods um, or sensible goods, right? So temperance. Let's read from the Catechism. Temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attractions of pleasures and provides balance in the use of creative goods, right? So temperance is with regard to pleasures, particularly sensible pleasures. Okay, so that's food, drink, and sex. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and that's governed by... Um, we have the virtue of chastity. And there's probably a particular name for the virtue that uh, was with regard to food and to drinks. Drink is sobriety. I, can, I can't remember what the one for food is. But temperance governs these um, more easy to attain base level animal pleasures that God made. Like, let's just first say, temperance. Um, Temperance moderates the good, right? God made things good, right? God wants us to nourish ourselves, to hydrate ourselves, and to continue on the species through procreation, right? And so God attached a certain pleasure to these actions because of their importance for the sustaining of human life. It's not like, oh, I didn't realize it would work that way. Whoops, right? Like, no, God attached a certain pleasure to these different acts, um, and temperance is the virtue that allows us to moderate um, that the pleasure doesn't overtake us. Look, I was talking to a friend about this on Ash Wednesday. If you normally eat a little less through dieting or whatever, like on Ash Wednesday where the church says, like, you can't eat more than this amount, like, I, I got so hungry on Ash Wednesday. Not because I, like, was actually eating less than most other days, but because I couldn't, right? Because it was like, today. I just really want meat today. Why? Because I can't, right? There's obedience. It's justice. But like governing our use of these sensible pleasures um, is the virtue of temperance. And so we need its right reason with regard to these things, right? So it's right. It's subjecting the pleasures and the senses to right reason. So... How much should I eat for dinner tonight? 
Well, un until I have a stomachache. Like, no! Rather, I should eat however much I need to be nourished, right? How much should I have to drink of a particular uh, alcoholic beverage? Again, this is something where it's subjective to the person so that it's not like, oh, you know what? It's two drinks. If you have more than two drinks ever, then you're a drunkard, right? Like, no, drunkenness is with regard to the person. How much can you tolerate and subject it to right reason? How much should I? Maybe I'm driving. So, like, then you, there's a whole nother measure because right reason says I need to drive home. And so if I even have one drink, that may be too much. Okay. Um, and then with regard to all things relating to human sexuality, it's subjecting right reason. Now, temperance gives us freedom, right? If I was like, oh, I just want to eat whatever I want tonight. Like, I'm not free because I'm going to see that pizza that I'm just going to be like gobbling it up. Right? Same people are like, I just want sexual freedom, right? Like, to be a slave to the appetites is not freedom. It's actually slavery. Freedom is the ability to use things with regard to right reason. Again, I am a free speaker of the English language. I can speak to you freely in English. Anche posso liberamente parlare italiano. Non c'è nessun problema. C'è la libertà di parlare tutto in italiano. Va bene. It's not saying like, well, Father Casey, if you had real freedom, you could just go blah, 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 blah. That's actually, maybe we'll have to be Polish. Um, but, you know, <laughs> like, I want to make whatever sounds I want because I want to be free. Well, then you're not going to understand me and you're not going to achieve the end of, of communication, okay? So, freedom um, is right, re right reason allows us to have um, freedom with regard to these things. So, um, with regard to food and drink, and with regard to all things relating to human sexuality, um, temperance allows us to subject them to reason. Now, uh, I, like, at the very first one, I wanted to bring up something, and I didn't bring it up, and we're going to bring it up right now with regard to temperance. When you have the virtue of temperance, when you have virtue, it means that, remember, you do the good promptly, easily, and joyfully, okay? So, um, we have our intellect, our will, and our passions. So in virtue, you know the good, right? Boom, you know the good. We're gonna do a check. And you, you choose to do the good, right? I've chosen to do the good. And I delight in the good. I like not binging on pizza on a Friday night, which, by the way, there'll be pizza back here after stations tonight, so come on back, right? I like that. Passions are on board. I love not binging on pizza. Okay. So this is virtue. That's having the virtue of temperance. I know the good, I choose the good, and I like doing the good. We're not just struggling through, oh, I just want that eighth piece of pizza. All right? If we have that, we don't have virtue. We have what's called continence. Which is, I know the good, and I really don't want it. I want something else. I want not good. I want something that I know is wrong. But I choose the good still. Yes, I did it. Right? That is called, that's not virtue. That's called continence. 
What that means is, I really didn't like it, but I didn't do it, right? Okay, boom, continents. Incontinence is, I know what the good is, but I really want something else, and so you know what happens? That's what I pick, and I go for that eighth slice of pizza, right? Boom. It's at this point where sin happens, right here, right? Because sin is about what we choose. Sin is an act of the will toward a false good. And so in an incontinence, even though I know what's good, I really wanted something else. And so I sin by choosing, by following, my will follows the passions instead of up here where the passions follow the will, follows the intellect. And here, the will follows the intellect, even though the passions are going in the other direction, right? So with incontinence, you choose what the passions want. Again, maybe it may not necessarily be a sin, but like, well, let's hold on. Let's go to the next one, okay? Vice. Vice is where my passions really want something bad regularly. And so I'm choosing it regularly. And then my intellect is like, yeah, that's pretty good for us. All right, we should, we should be doing that. All right, that's, that's... And now I've tricked my mind, I've talked myself into, I was called rationalized. We all know this. I've rationalized this. I, I talked myself into this. Is a, and now I'm not even knowing what the good is anymore. It's still a sin. It's in fact worse, because we've, we've clouded our intellect, right? I need to stay in this bad relationship that is immoral, and we're doing immoral things because we love each other, right? And oh, it's like, no, it's rationalization, it's bad. Stop doing it. At least up here, you're sinning, but you're like, I still know this is wrong. But like, once you rationalize it, it's so bad. Okay, let's take a relatively harmless example. Tomorrow morning, 6.30 in the morning, time to get up, intellect. Yes, it's time to get up on time. And you know what? You do it. You jump out of bed, you kneel down, you say the morning offering, and your passions are like, way to go. <laughs> great. Like, we did it. We got up. How great is it to be up and active in the service of Almighty God? Continence. I know I got to get up at this particular time. And so I choose it. I'm up. And I hate this. This is... Miserable. What am I doing now? But I'm up! I'm not going back to bed. I'm up. Incontinence. I know I gotta get up at 6 30 in the morning. But this pillow is so dang comfortable. And here comes the snooze button. And again, and again, and again. But I still know I needed to get up and I feel bad about it. But you know what? I just fail. And I'm rolling over and going back to sleep at 6 30 tomorrow morning. Vice. I don't need to show up in my morning class. Yeah, we're just not even setting the alarm tonight. I'm just gonna sleep to whatever, cause I deserve it. Because this is, I need to stay well rested and that class is stupid anyway. And so I'm not even gonna try. And I'm not even gonna, it's all, I talked myself into it. Okay, virtue, continence, incontinence, and vice. We want virtue. Just mere continence is not enough. To do it but not like it. No, no. We want to do it, choose it, know it's right, and like it. We want to delight in it. We want to be happy doing the good. 
Temperance is not just about, oh, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin. That's only continence. Temperance is about, I like the good. I like how the good makes me feel. I like that I'm choosing the right. I like that I'm not a slave to my passions. I like that I'm able to get up on time. I like that I'm able to moderate what I eat. I like that I'm not a slave to sexual desires. I like and my I delight in the goodness there. Awesome. Uh, obviously, the virtue, the vices contrary to temperance are um, like gluttony, gluttony with regard to food, drunkenness with regard to alcoholic drink. Someone give me a time check. It's almost 50-49. Uh, okay, and then um, and then any you know any unchastity. Now the the gift which moderates uh, and perfects temperance is a gift that we've actually already had. It's called fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord perfects both hope and temperance. Because you know what. If I really love Almighty God, and I love God as a father, and I, I don't want to offend God, I have a filial fear, I have a son, I love God as a father and as a son, I don't want to do... Why? I'm a son of God. Like, why would I do this? What? Like, that's not how a son of God is supposed to act. Like, God's my father. I'm not supposed to act like an animal. I'm supposed to act like a son of God. And so fear of the Lord is to recognize the immensity of God's goodness and to say... I'm not, this is not what I'm made for, not even this. Rather, I'm made for perfection. I'm made to, to hold God in awe. Okay, so, virtue, to act promptly, easily, and joyfully. And these four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortune, temperance. Now, these virtues can grow by action. So do it, and do it again, and do it again, and keep working on it. It's like a muscle. Also, though, they can be infused. It means you say, like, God, give me temperance, right? Give me this, give me strength, like, Lord, help me, right? So it could be infused or it could be acquired, um, these human virtues. Prudence, justice, for us through temperance. And with these, combined with faith, hope, and charity, we are able to act and act well and achieve through action, um, take these steps toward our final end, which is beatitude and ultimate happiness with Almighty God. So, um, we may have one more class on morality, if, um, maybe. Otherwise, we're going to talk about other stuff as time goes on. We're roughly planning to do this every other week. And again, we're giving priority to student space available, and then we're opening it up after that. So, thank you all for coming tonight, and let's uh, go over to Stations of the Cross.